Welcome to the podcast of Inspiring Women in Hospitality. I'm Noreen Ahmed, your host. Each episode, I invite a woman from the hospitality industry to share her story with us, why she got into hospitality, her journey so far, her learnings, and who inspires her. On this episode, we hear from Monica, recorded in September 2023, a milestone month for Monica. She shares how she has listened to her soul compass throughout her career journey. All right. Hello, everyone. Noreen here. Today I have with me Monica, actually probably my third Monica that I've had on this podcast. So thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. I'm all kind of anxious to start. Wonderful. Wonderful. My pleasure. So tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where do I start? Um, I'll be 60, which is amazing, in September. Uh, And that shows me the journey that is already behind me. And it also shows me what's still ahead, which is wonderful. Um, I'm in hospitality uh, for the last 30 plus years. Studied business administration at the start, um, worked for Hilton International uh, in Frankfurt, Hamburg, and Munich, uh, always in sales and marketing. Uh, Opened the office in Hamburg, and then the call came to join Cornell University for the summer courses, and that came with a two-year visa for the the United States. So uh, I packed my bag uh, shortly before my 30th birthday, went and studied for the summer, lived and worked in uh, New York um, for two years in marketing as well as an executive search. Came back, um, joined uh, Vier Jahreszeiten in Hamburg, which is a Fairmont Hotel as their marketing and sales director, uh, which was a wonderful, wonderful time with a beautiful hotel. And uh, after that many years in operations and also in in strategic um, marketing and sales, I opened my own company about 22 years ago now. And uh, yeah, the journey has not stopped. Uh, Worked with the largest owner operator in London, GLH Hotels, uh, that own the Cumberland or the Royal Horse Guards. And uh, my role was to... Uh, position the hotel strategically or the hotels, 5,000 hotel rooms in total in the German-speaking markets. And that's what I do. I write strategies uh, in marketing and sales for hotel companies worldwide and position them in um, client markets uh, or new regional markets. Um, Yeah, then uh, the pandemic hit us all um, and uh, that started uh, another cycle of soul searching uh, and uh, new positioning for myself now. And that led me to the so very valid and important subject of sustainability for us all, um, but especially for my the industry dear to my heart, which is uh, hospitality. So for the last two years, two and a half years, I'm focusing on the sustainable journey in hospitality and beyond. I created a group on LinkedIn uh, that's the Catalysts in Hospitality, about 270 people worldwide by now uh, that have to do with hospitality, that are leaders in hospitality and sustainability. And we're trying to um, forge the journey forward uh, towards uh, reaching the sustainable goals uh, as soon as we can. 
that's in a nutshell. I'm based in Frankfurt now um, and uh, yeah, very much looking forward to our conversation over a cup of tea. <laughs> Thank you so much for that introductions and uh, yeah, happy birthday in advance. I mean, we are in September now, so it's not too far to go. I myself turned 40 last year and I know there's something about these like milestone Yes. years that you know makes us like stop and think and reflect and you know want to want to figure things out right so you contribute also i think that's to me the most important now that i can contribute my 30 plus years of experience to um maybe to the next kind of new sales and marketing person out there uh, or established ones. Because um, the, the beauty of my journey is that I combine sales and marketing strategies and also very hands-on work with sustainability. And I think sales has a very, very big role in sustainability. There's a very big connection. And that leads me to, you were asking what brought me to the industry in my, my, my journey. And ultimately, it's people. And um, the question is, what makes us tick? What makes us do what we do? Uh, and that, that connects hospitality and sustainability very greatly and the role of a salesperson uh, on top of that. And I'm trying to explore that uh, a lot more. I can't hear you. This is what happens when I'm using new technology. Bear with me, everybody. <laughs> Same here. Uh, this is the beauty of hospitality. You're absolutely right. It is the people. You know, I think it's the people that brings us all together. That's that common goal, whether it is the individuals that we're working with, the clients that we're serving. It's the variety. And I think that's what really drove me into hospitality as well, is to be able to interact with people from all over the world on a daily basis and you're right travel hospitality and sustainability all plays a real big role in kind of you know mapping out how the future is going to look like for all of us yes um and so you know you started in hospitality for the people um how has that played out in your career that's a very good question i it has carried me forward always through people. People have carried me forward. And also the love for people has carried me forward and the interest. And ultimately, our clients are people. And what makes me tick uh, and what makes me so happy is to, to feel and to anticipate my clients' needs and help them to find a solution for that. And um, we were talking earlier about role models. They are, they are the, those not small people, but for example, at the Fiarestaiten in Hamburg, there was a head concierge. And he once told me, he said, Frau Krautan, we say, we say the former Z and Mrs. Krautan, he said, you know, you, you have to want to serve your clients. And serving is not crawling under the carpet and kind of belittling yourself or making yourself small, but serving is to anticipate and to understand your client, your guests' needs, and bring the solution to the to the client. And if you can do that wonderfully, it's five star, even in a one star hotel. 
And um, I would like to remind ourselves that this is the, the core of hospitality. It's not the marble. It's not the brass. It's not the 500 or 300 thread uh, sheets. It's the humanity that we live in hospitality, because that's the base of, of the word even. And um, I think we can transfer that wonderfully into sustainability, because that's what sustainability is also about. We need to sustain mm -hmm. ourselves and find a way to do that. Um, and um, yeah, it's a very interesting journey, I have to say. <laughs> Yeah, I love that thing about, you know, you have to want to serve and how you described it, they're anticipating and understanding. It also, you know, gets me thinking about my own leadership, you know, it's understanding what my team needs or the people around me need, being a really good listener and anticipating it and, you know, being there, you know, the humanity side of things, right, is, is what you said uh, was really wonderful. So talking about journey, let's talk about, you know, so the I guess the first half of your career, you know, moving through different companies. Tell us a little bit how you progressed your career, because that's always something of interest to to the listeners in terms of, okay, how do I get that next promotion or how do I land the next job or, okay, I'm feeling stuck. You know, what are some of the things that worked for you for your own career? That is a very, very good question, and most likely you can answer it in many different ways. Um, ideally, if you are a textbook person, you have a career path that you follow, that you know uh, from the outset, and then you follow step by step. I never had that. <laughs> I follow my gut feeling, which has led me almost around the world I had a couple of things that I wanted to do at the beginning. I wanted to live in different countries. I wanted to have different roles, which I ticked off fairly well. But I followed my gut and I followed my heart. Is this something you should do? I know I have to do it because if I don't, I don't feel happy. And I had a very good conversation with a lovely person here, a lovely consultant here in Frankfurt, and he said, follow your happiness. That's something you should do. And that's the, the luxury I allow myself now, uh, consciously. I, I think I always did it, or very often did it, but I didn't know that it was like a strategy. <laughs> but it can be a strategy. So when... When I studied business administration, Disney World from Florida, they came to present to the students and they asked, and I was only four weeks within my studies, they asked who wants to come to work in Disney World for half a year in, Ap in Epcot in, in Orlando and Florida. And I raised my hand automatically. I said, I want to. So after the first semester, I went and worked uh, at Disney in, in the United States for half a year. And then I traveled the United States for another four weeks or eight weeks and came back and continued my studies. So that has never left me. And I want to believe this is a quality rather than a hindrance. Uh, it's not textbook yet, <laughs> but it made me very happy most of the time. <laughs> I love that saying, you know, follow your happiness. And I think it goes back to what you're saying is it, you, you knew yourself, you knew what was right for you. You followed your gut, you followed your heart. And I think that goes back to the core of, you know, any advice and also from all these podcast interviews that I've had, it, it kind of goes back to really knowing yourself and that's how it's going to formulate your career for you as well. Yes. 
and also being curious and open and allowing yourself to get to know yourself. Because who knows? I mean, I, I'm almost 60. Do I know myself 100%? No. Do I know my gut feeling or my my soul compass? Do I do I hear it when it says tells me something? Yes, I can hear it. The question is, do you follow or do you overrule and say, no, I want to follow the career path. I want to make more money. I want to have a bigger role. And that's my focus. Then you might have to mute your inner compass if they are not aligned. And uh, I held wonderful positions. I was marketing and sales director of a five-star, beautiful, one of the leading hotels in the world. Um, I studied at the universities I wanted to study at. Uh, I made lots and lots of money at some point. <laughs> uh, I left that behind to pursue something else that my soul compass told me. And um, I want to continue and acknowledge that what I feel is a luxury to be able to do that. And that also means sometimes sacrificing what you perceive as safety, for example making lots of money, having a career path that you follow, being in a corporate environment that holds you, because that also is or signifies a lot of security that if you follow your soul compass, sometimes you have to leave behind or you might need to leave behind. And that doesn't feel comfortable and nice all the time. Uh, it sometimes involves lots of crying and gray hair <laughs> and, and periods of, of your career where you where you're not certain, is that the right path? Yeah, it's not all roses. Definitely not. It's Life isn't. It's just not possible to be that way. So, yeah. Um, so, which brings us nicely into the next part of your career. You were listening to your soul compass and you started your own business. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about that journey. Happy to. Very bumpy. Uh, you come from a corporate environment where everything is set. You have your, you have a website. Hilton has a website. Four Season has a website, which is beautiful. You don't have to take care of that. You have your business cards. You have your company logo. You have your company uh, image that I had stamped on my forehead. I mean, I was known as Mrs. Hilton in Northern Germany <laughs> or Mrs. Fiareseiten. And all of a sudden, you're only Monika Krauthahn and Krauthahn Consulting. And people say, who is this? And what is this? And how, what do you do? So you have to not reinvent yourself, but you have to create all of that environment that you were so comfortable in before that went before you and around you yourself. And that is, um, that is a hard piece of work. Uh, and um, so, yeah, there's a lot of Hurdles and bumps and uh, a lot of wonderful moments. You are your own boss. Uh, did I work more? Yes, I did. Um, do I still? Yes, I do. Um, but it's to me, it was the next logic step. Um, and um, I never looked back. Um, as I say, it started bumpy and then after like, Six, eight months, you get your first big assignment. And because I, I left without an assignment, I started from zero. And uh, and then you, you know, yes, you're on the right track. And it's a constant development forward, forward, forward. And if you're like me, you always have your feelers out. Um, and you're interested in many, many things. Uh, and um, so I, I did openings of hotels. I wrote strategies for new positionings. 
Uh, I was asked to do executive search, uh, retain search, which was wonderful. We had assignments for, for example, the biggest um, the biggest um, operator in rehabilitation clinics in in Germany that were very famous for their medical part, but their hotel part because they had their clinics are like five star hotels. They didn't have hotel management. And I was asked with a partner in New York to write the strategy for the hospitality part and not only write the strategy, but also introduce the CEO and the hotel managers of each of the clinics, which were about 11 clinics. And that was uh, an international role because we recruited from all over the world. And that was a very strategic role because we had to write um, the job descriptions of the CEO and the hotel managers for that um, hotel part of um, a rehabilitation clinic in, in the five-star environment. And it was very rewarding. And uh, that was a, um, uh, because I always had my feelers out for what would make me tick, what, where could I contribute with all I have in my rucksack. And that has never stopped until today. Does that answer your question? <laughs> it does. It does. Thank you so much for that. And I, honestly, it resonates so much with my own journey that I'm on at the moment. You're absolutely right. You know, it was everything was set up for you when you're in that corporate job, your logo, your image, your your company. You know, I yeah, I was very much known for STR, you know, being the face of it, especially um, during the pandemic. And now, you know, starting out on my own. I've had to do everything myself, you know, who, how, who I, how do I want to be identified? What am I representing? What am I putting out there in, in the world? Um, and yeah, just thinking about this last project that you worked on with the rehabilitation clinics, it's so interesting, you know, that they have that um, in, in, I think I would say more in, in sort of Western Europe. I really didn't hear much about it when I was in the UK, but you know, even in the environment that I'm sitting in now on the balcony, there's a garden, it just being in nature is just so uplifting. And that's something that I then incorporated into what I'm offering now, because I want to emulate the values that nature brings to us, you know, the strength, the stability, the nurturing nature of it, to help us build this community that I'm working on building at the moment. Uh, which then also leads us very nicely um, into sustainability, which is about taking care of nature. Um, and that's sort of the third part of your career journey now? Yes. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I, to me, it feels, it came natural that um, all of the things I have in my rucksack are very potent for the journey that we're on at the moment. We need to incorporate sustainability into everything we do. Um, and I I compare it, and maybe that's a strange comparison, but we need to do it because we we are forced to do it by law. And that and I'll explore on that a little further if I may. And we need to do it because we we intrinsically feel we need to do it. It's like, why do you drive slowly in front of a kindergarten when you drive like in the 30 zone? You do it because there's a sign saying 30. And if you don't, you get a fine. And you do it because you don't want to hurt the children. So it's a kind of a dual something. And I feel in sustainability now, we're at the same threshold. 
the new European, and that's what's happening in Europe, but it's happening all over the world, the new European legislation coming in 2025 is called CSRD. It's the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. And that is the framework for reporting your sustainable journey. The moment that includes only larger companies, but it will be kind of, it will be defined down the line. And not only larger companies are affected, but also, for example, a hotel that deals with the likes of Siemens on an FIT or a MICE, a meeting and incentive basis, uh, they need to contribute their sustainability journey to the sustainability journey of Siemens because they are liable for it and they will have to pay for it ultimately. So it's, it, it is a regularity, a regularity. How do you say that? It's a regulation issue. As well as an, it should, it hopefully will be at one point an intrinsic issue. And I'm trying to help and facilitate, facilitate that journey, um, particularly from, an, from the sales aspect, because that's what I do best. And that's why my network is um, from the aspect of the, of the salesperson as one of the major stakeholders in the equation in hospitality and beyond. Because that's often the first point of contact, isn't it, right? And that's the first opportunity to either make an impact or an influence in that business conversation that may be happening. Absolutely. On, on various levels, if you look at the procurement procedure alone, if you are talking to Siemens or Lufthansa or British Airways, or they have their requirements... They used to have their requirements set, cast in stone for I don't know how many years. But with the sustainability and this new reporting directive, that changes dramatically. And me as a salesperson trying to understand the needs of my client and to anticipate if I can, I need to be at the forefront of sustainability and understand what they need in order to be able to deliver. And if I don't, I don't. So there's a very uh, big... Um, how do you say that, uh, need for us to understand what sustainability need, means for our client, corporate clients in order to be able to deliver. And if we can't deliver ourselves as a salesperson, I need to be able to speak to my stakeholders within the organization, the sustainability manager, the procurement manager, the finance director, because they have to feed into my role much more than before maybe. Yeah. So, um, yeah, very interesting times. Agreed. And um, so, you know, you've talked a little bit about, you know, following your gut, you know, listening to yourself, being curious, your soul compass. What else have you learned from your career journey thus far? What do you bring along with you in your rucksack? In my rucksack, yes. <laughs> um, I understand today more than ever that A, it's about people, but B, it's about community and co, collaboration, co-creation together. I've worked on my own, basically, for 22 years. And even in a sales role, I was out in the field alone. I had a team around me, but I was out in the field alone. And today I understand sustainability and what's lying ahead of us is so big only together we'll be able to conquer so and get our arms around. Um, so today I'm much more 
looking out for, interested in, uh, are much more embracing um, my tribe, <laughs> my my team, my collaborators, my co-creators, and um, um, and that's also part of my journey moving ahead. I I'm much more looking for tribe for together uh and that's something that you do wonderfully and i i salute you for what you do is making us aware we're not alone and we don't need to be alone we are a very strong community and i'm sure that is well i know it goes way beyond women but maybe we have how do you say that we have um, a different journey still ahead until we catch up if, if catching up is the right word, I guess it's not, but uh, I, I think you know what I mean. We have some more training to do on our own, maybe. Um, and that's why I think what you do is so, so valuable. Um, yeah, I, I like that word training, you know, it's and the awareness, um, you know, just because we don't know it doesn't exist or it does exist, whatever that looks like. It's It's about talking about it making sure that we know that we're not alone. That's really important to me as well, is that creating that environment where you feel like you you belong and that you're part of something and you're not going through this. And this was also part of the intention behind the podcast as well. It's like by hearing each other's stories, you can know that someone had the same experiences you you have had. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. So that gives you a little bit of courage, a little bit of faith that you didn't know that you had before and that's what i'm really trying to build um through this community as well works and (laughs) thank you and look i would love to keep talking to you but i'm going to move on to my final question and ask you who inspires you people every day people um i mentioned the head concierge of the fiar sat in hamburg who was one of them uh Certainly Horst Schulze of Ritz-Carlton that formulated ladies and gentlemen are serving ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how many years ago, and that's still so prominent. Um, And uh, it's everyday people uh, inspire me very much. And that can be a bus driver, that can be a a kind of a waiter in a restaurant. And people like you that get up, um, follow their gut feeling. Uh, and uh, without looking at a big paycheck at the beginning, uh, make things happen. Because like this, we are like a solar-powered speedboat, not like a big tanker that needs time to maneuver and adjust. And I think we need a lot more speedboats, (laughs) solar-powered, like you. Um, Yeah, so again, salutes to you. Thank you. Yeah, I like that. Let's think, you know, what are the different ways that we can do things, right? And I think sometimes we get so, yeah, conditioned by society and and the way that we're supposed to live our lives. It definitely takes courage um, and a bit of faith to to try something different. So thank you so much for sharing your journey with us today and inspiring us all. Oh, thank you so much, Maureen. Thank you for your time and for the opportunity. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you were as inspired as I was by that story. Please follow us here and on LinkedIn where I post videos of the recordings. Stay tuned for many more stories of inspiring women in hospitality.